Hello and welcome to the Unnamed Automotive Podcast. My name is Sammy Hadjasad, and with me, as always, is my good friend and fellow automotive journalist, Benjamin Hunting. Say hi to the people, Ben. Greetings, human listeners. Greetings to everyone. If this is the first time you're listening to our podcast, thank you for trying something new. Ben and I are a pair of automotive journalists, and I usually use this time to let Ben talk about some of the recent publications he's written for. So go for it, Ben. You've got the time. You can find my work at Motor Trend, at Inside Hook, and Business Insider. And you can find my work at autotrader.ca, as well as Nouveau Magazine and EV Pulse. So, Ben, this week we're going to be talking about some some tr- some cars and trucks. There's there's no unified theme to this week's episode. Unlike Is last okay? week. I, I, it's fine. You know, I get tired of Union and Harmony. It's like Werner Herzog said, the, the common denominators of the unis, universe are chaos, hostility, and murder. So that's my baseline for this episode. Well, speaking of chaos, I have a vehicle that might just send the luxury segment into chaos. I'm talking with the Genesis G80, of course. And the Gen- Genesis brand um, is the the Korean attempt to break into the, the luxury auto, um, auto market. You, we, we talked about the GV80 in the past. Extensively. And I was pretty impressed with that vehicle. But the G80 is actually a second-generation product. It's the first Genesis, like, branded vehicle to get a second-generation product. In fact, I think you might even be able to say it's a third-generation product, Sammy, because wouldn't the first generation have been the Hyundai Genesis sedan? Yeah, I think that – I mean, that's that's one way to look at it. But I think the transition from the Hyundai Genesis to the first Genesis G80 was – was pretty seamless. There was no like major difference between the two, okay, uh, except for like a, an exterior refresh. So this one, it, it, it instead of following what went on with the Genesis G80 in the past and kind of evolving that, Genesis kind of started from scratch a little bit with the G80, and they've taken um, a unified approach to building the G80 and the GV80. These two vehicles are based on the same platform. They use the same powertrain, and that means you've got two engine options, a 2.5-liter four-cylinder, as well as a 3.5 liter um, V6. And both of those are turbocharged for maximum horse ponies. Um, the 2.5 makes about 300 horsepower, while the 3.5 makes um, 376. So it's not a huge difference between, in terms of like horsepower between the two. I would have imagined a more dramatic difference. But I think the V6 is a little bit... Um, the V6 is a little bit smoother. What about torque? I'm sure there's a, a, a much larger torque difference. Yeah, there's obviously there's a ton more torque in the V6. Okay, well we won't we won't talk about the numbers. I mean, you want the specific a ton more torque is specific enough for our listeners, I guess. It is 391 pound feet of torque in the V6 compared to 311 in the four cylinder. Say that again. 311 versus 391. Okay. Um. So, um, I think it's important to talk about this vehicle. And I also want to talk that uh, right off the bat, when I drove this vehicle, there was a few things that I was not that enthusiastic about uh, in comparison to how much I really enjoyed the GV80. And I think that has a lot to do with a different style of vehicle altogether. I mean, a GV80 is, is meant to be that uh, a family-oriented SUV. It's supposed to be a bit of a like a like a like something you can take a big family on a road trip. So in that case, I didn't feel like performance and handling was as much of a priority. Um, as it would be in something more, you know, like sleeker and sedan-like, uh, like the GV8, uh, sorry, the G80. 
And when you look at the other vehicles in this class, I think the main competitors are the BMW 5 Series, the Mercedes E-Class, and the Audi A6. And, you know, especially the, the 5 Series can be a pretty engaging vehicle to drive, or has been a pretty engaging vehicle to drive in the past. And there are some really high horsepower versions of the A6 and E-Class that can uh, impress even the, the most snobby um, automotive enthusiasts. And I just don't think the Genesis G80 has what it takes to compete at those levels yet. But as a like luxury, an executive feeling luxury sedan, it does exactly what it's meant to be. It just isn't as as um, exciting to drive as those other vehicles can be. So you're saying it's it's a step above something like a, GS, a Lexus GS? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a great. That's a really good competitor. Um, the GS also, you know, the last generation GS was actually a pretty um, rewarding vehicle to drive as well. And I, it's not that I'm saying the G80 isn't rewarding to drive. I think there's something just holding it back from feeling really, um, really enthusiastic, really um, sharp. Uh, maybe it's the weight. Maybe it is just that it needs, say, a little bit more horsepower or a V8. Um, there's just something that, or, or maybe it's just the soundtrack as well, that the vehicle just doesn't sound all too impressive in any way or form. It is a smooth car. It feels more like a luxury car than an, in, like a sports sedan. And I think that's fair. That's definitely a, a corner of the, of this whole segment. That's fine. Right. But what's like, the, you don't have to have, sorry, yes, you don't have to have a fun. It, it isn't necessarily a sport sedan. I think this car, this class is commonly referred to as executive sedan. Uh, sometimes we call them executive sports sedans to separate them from um, smaller vehicles as well. But, you know, you're comparing it to a 5 Series. And when you think yeah. 5 Series in performance, you think like the M550. But what about just the 540i? Like, yeah. this is a six-cylinder, that would be the six-cylinder equivalent of the BMW. Wouldn't that be a, a better comparison? And if so, does the BMW come across as that much sportier in that configuration? I think that is the, that is the better comparison, the 530 and the 540. Uh, as well as the E300 and 400. Um, I haven't driven an A6 in a while, maybe about a year. Um, and I really like the V6 in that vehicle as well. But to to talk about how this car lines up to the less hardcore, like the non-M Sport or AMG models, it is a better comparison. But there's something a little bit more like lightweight and nimble in those other two vehicles, despite how big they are, they feel like pretty quick. And I just don't have that same engagement factor in the in the g80 however i will add that genesis has a really cool interior design i think it has a pretty standout exterior design um especially when you take a look at those like uh these these two lines that follow the front of the vehicle they're extended as well onto the side the front fender and then they wrap all the way to the rear of the vehicle and they say that if you if you step back and look at the front profile of the vehicle you look at that grill as well as those two headlights it kind of makes the genesis um, badge, which I think is kind of interesting. Um, who would have thought the badge would have such a distinct pl- uh, part to play in the exterior design of a vehicle? And uh, in the interior, I mean, if it's not going to be exciting to drive, is it at least yeah. somewhere you want to spend time? And how does it come across? Because yeah, we've, we've was... complained about some you know, recent BMW interiors maybe not living up to the standard of their price. So where does the G80 fall in that comparison? I think the G80 uh, stands up really well in this class in terms of its exterior, uh, in terms of its, its cabin design. There's a couple of things that really made me laugh, though. Um, let's talk about um, color combinations. It seems like um, Genesis is trying out a couple of 
of color combinations that I didn't think like still happened. Like let's say blue and brown or yeah, blue and brown either like each one alternating between which is the accent and which one is the um the like foreground color. You this know what is I mean? Inside the car? Yes. So I'm talking about blue leather seats with brown accent um like uh, panels and stuff. I've never been a fan of blue leather. I know a lot of people yeah. are. It's a it's a very it's German. Blue. It's not exactly like bright bright blue, but it's a dark blue. It's kind a of very like a German eighties kind of thing. That's what it always makes me think of, like the MB tech yeah. seats. But there is a more light, kind of a creamier brown. Uh, I would call it like a butterscotch pudding sort of brown leather that does look a, a little bit more vibrant and and playful. I think it's really good. And what Genesis does with the interior design is that it. Um, it makes the front, the top half of the cabin really clean and minimalist, while the bottom half is the more busy area where you'll find a lot of the controls and, and things like that. And I've mentioned the controls in the past. It has a specific like rotary dial-esque. It's kind of like an iPod click wheel in terms of how you, you use this um, touchscreen, if you yeah. want to use this. It is So we've talked about this 14.5-inch touchscreen in the GV80. It was very far to reach when you're, when you're using the GV80. It is much closer, easier to use the touchscreen in this case, and I found myself relying on that rather than the um, that iPod style click wheel. The other thing to keep in mind about the G80 is that it starts at around forty eight thousand, mm-hmm. and uh, that's for a rear wheel drive version. And if that's you a want, pretty good price, man. I think yeah, it's a pretty good price. Well, if you wanted a five series, a five thirty sedan, the four the four cylinder version, it's fifty four grand. Oh like, wow! Right, it's right it's just that. an extra seven grand, just like that. <laughs> so uh, if you and if you want all wheel drive, you're at fifty six thousand five hundred. So all wheel drive the, for the BMW for the BMW all wheel drive for the for the G eighty, you're right around fifty one. So it's a it's a five it's a consistent five thousand six thousand dollar gap. Um, yeah. I would say that even if you started adding features to the G eighty, you're probably going to keep that gap in place. Yeah, I agree. Oh. I, I think it, it feels like a better like a better package. It, 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 not everybody who buys uh, – not everyone who wants a luxury car. Sometimes they just want to reward themselves with a very high-end experience. And I feel like you're getting that with the Genesis. You don't necessarily need to buy a luxury car for a, or an executive sedan that is fun to drive. You might just want something that makes you feel great uh, while you're on the road. And I think the G80 does a really good job of that. And there's a couple of features that allow it to do that. There's like that forward facing camera that um, that can scan the road in front and prepare the suspension for any jarring um, road imperfections. There's um, that uh, I mentioned this before, this 3D gauge cluster that is available in the in the 3.5 liter version of the vehicle, which I think is a bit of a gimmick. It makes the the gauge cluster kind of like pop visually. Um, It's not very distracting, but it is kind of. I don't know. It just seems like a, a bit of a gimmick to show off to your friends. Going back There's, to going back to pricing yeah. for a minute, I just want to touch on one more thing. Of course, um, the six cylinder cars. Yes. they're much much closer in price, like within a thousand dollars of each other, mm-hmm. if not even closer. Like could be three four hundred in the in the base model. And if you want all wheel drive, you're going to be and you load up a, a G eighty, you can hit seventy grand. So that's as that's as expensive as the as expensive as it gets, but the base yeah. the base three and a half is still sixty thousand dollars. Yeah. So I mean, it's the the four cylinder is a deal. The six cylinder less so. 
uh, I'm sure you could make a much. I mean, you can get an M550X drive that starts at 76. So, like, yeah. if that's where you wanted to go. But it's it's interesting how premium product versus premium product they're willing to stand toe to toe in terms of price. But for the entry level, they're still trying to, um, I guess, like undercut. Not undercut, but uh, conquest uh, other German or not other German, but German luxury buyers. Actually, I think this is a very important thing to talk about. I think if you're a BMW, you're like a you've had a five series or an or an E class in the past, and you are looking at a new one. You you want to get into another one. There's something about the new the new the current generation vehicles that might not capture your attention um, very well. As you mentioned, the five series interior can feel a little um, less luxurious, and the E class. Honestly, it looks like the, the interior of the E-Class looks the same as it's been for the past, I don't know, five or six years. And it doesn't seem all too exciting. If you want something different, if you want a whole different experience as well, like a dealership experience or, or a new relationship that you're going to be building with a dealer, the Genesis really does deliver that because everything about it feels fresh and new. Um, there's yeah, And that's what I really like about it too. In the past, Genesis has shared some interior components with um, Hyundai vehicles, their infotainment system was really easy to, to like, you could really notice that it's the same infotainment system that was used in a, in a Sonata. But now it's this whole new thing from the gauge cluster to the infotainment system and the head-up display and all the controls are their own unique um, design and, and it feels nothing like a Hyundai product now altogether. So if you're looking for something fresh and new, I think the Genesis will really deliver that. Is there anything else you want to say about the Genesis to wrap up? I'm not sure. At this time, I don't think so. But if there's any questions that you have about it, um, feel free. I mean, I don't, I don't think there's – I mean, it, it just seems so similar to the GV80. But I was more – I was higher on that vehicle because I think the, the com- competition – like when you see a, a powerful version of, a G, uh, of an X5 or a GLE, you don't say like – you don't necessarily say like that's the one I want to have. That's a wild option. That's for a very specific buyer. But when I look at the five series and the and the um, and the E class, I sometimes feel like what what like I feel like those vehicles can also be like can also be designed and and have that priority of being fun to drive as well. And the G eighty didn't feel as close to that target as I wanted it to be. However, in every other in every other aspect, it seems to deliver, if not over deliver. So it's just a a good but not exciting or interesting luxury car in your opinion. Absolutely, yeah. All right, fair enough. Uh, the vehicle that I drove last week kind of it, – it falls under a similar heading, I think, Sammy. Not the luxury heading, but the idea that it's good without being a vehicle I would ever really recommend anyone buy. And that's the 2020 Nissan Titan. Uh, this is a truck that we've, I think, talked about in the past on the on the show. Not very often, though, because for a very long time – the Titan was just the same truck for like 16 years. I think they, did, they didn't make any real changes to it. And then a couple of years ago, it got a complete redesign. We got the Titan and we got the Titan XD, which was like a weird half half heavy duty, half not uh, with, a, with a turbo diesel engine option. And uh, right now, um, I don't think the XD is as popular as they wanted it to be. So it, uh, I drove the regular Titan and the Pro 4X trim, Sammy. 
Okay. So, and what motor is under the hood of that one? That's not the, so obviously it's not the diesel. It's no. a three, it's a V6? No, no, no. There's only one engine, I believe, for it's a Titan. V8. Yeah, it's a 5.6 liter V8. And for 20, uh, the reason I mentioned the recent the recent redesign is because the 2020 models got a refresh. Uh, and the styling has been improved, legitimately improved. But they also made some changes under the hood. Uh, the engine now puts out 400 horsepower and 413 pound feet of torque. And Nissan likes to make a lot of guff about how that's the most <laughs> powerful base V8 you can get. Or not even, oh, not, even, not even base V8, but like the most powerful base engine you can get in any pickup. So it's Okay, well that's not fair if your only engine is like a V8. Yeah, it, it's kind of like the Tundra. You know, the Tundra's only engine is a V8. So they're slightly ahead of the Tundra. But they're okay. also only like five horsepower ahead of the five liter V8 in the, in the F-150. And yeah. the I think it's similar with the Ram with the 5.7. So the only V8 engine it's really pulling hard against is... Um, the 5.3 liter in the Silverado, which I think is still 355 horsepower. Which and is like a mid-level engine. Yeah, well, I mean, it's but it is their entry-level V8. Uh, and there's also the, that the previously mentioned Tundra. V8, that, that, that definition of an entry-level V8 is like so funny to me. It's well, like, they have two V8s, right? Yeah, they, I know. And then when you, go to, when you go to Ford, there's like a bajillion engine options, right? Yeah, but only one V8, I think. <laughs> yeah, okay. Sorry, I didn't... Well... Yeah, no, everything no. else is six cylinder uh, or EcoBoost or turbo diesel, diesel. Uh, which yeah. is also a six cylinder. But um, the but I the, mean that brings to mind the importance of a V8, the naturally aspirated V8. There are still people who want a V8 um, in their truck and and wouldn't want a four cylinder or a, or a six cylinder. Despite I, how I they definitely are. want a V8 in my truck, no question. Yeah. Uh, EcoBoost is fine. The, the the smaller EcoBoost from Ford is good, but the big EcoBoost uses a lot of gas. I mean, that's just how it yeah. is. If if you're doing truck and even stuff, even more so when you're doing anything. Yeah. Well, if you're doing truck stuff with the engine, it's going to take truck levels of fuel, and it's not going to be that much better than the the 5.0 that you can get. Uh, but uh, along, getting back to the Titan, along with the new engine tune, it's got a new transmission. It's a nine speed automatic. Um, the year before it was a seven speed. Both are good. Um, honestly, there was nothing wrong with the old transmission. The new one feels not different at all, which is, I mean, you want your transmission to be invisible and transparent in operation. And that pretty much described how the Titan felt for me. Um, the, the rest of the changes though, uh, they're pretty much styling in, inside and out. Uh, they, they kind of gave the truck, uh, the lighting up front is cooler. Uh, okay. the pro four X has kind of its own unique lighting look. Um, but the, the This version of the truck is intended to be the off-road version, Sammy. And I know we've talked recently about how there's kind of like a middle ground now between like base off-road from, you know, Z71 package or FX4 package. And then there's that top tier, which is like the TRX, the uh, the the yeah. um, Chevrolet ZR2 and the midsize yeah. trucks and or also like the, the Ford Raptor, Raptor right? So like there's yeah. these two these two poles now in off-roading and there's kind of been a push to occupy the middle ground like Chevrolet did with the Trail Boss and okay. uh, Ram did with the Rebel. So when I got the Pro 4X, I was like, okay, where does this fall? Because it's got a lot of the exterior kind of styling changes that you would expect from a truck that was kind of trying to be in that middle ground. But the equipment itself isn't really anything special. Okay. What do you mean? Like, well, what do you have so far? You come, it comes with... Upgrade, like, like, I got to ask, is there upgraded, is there uh, upgraded like, tires, like, off roady tires? Is there uh, a lift kit? Is there, like, what is it that makes this thing so, the off-road? So, in my mind, 
if you want to occupy that middle ground, you have to at least order. You have to at least offer a lift kit. You have to also get some type of special suspension. Uh, the the Pro 4X goes halfway, so there's no lift over a standard Titan. And um, unlike, say, a t- Trail Boss or a Ram, you can't get like 33-inch, 32-inch tires on it. They're they're 18-inch okay. tires. They're all terrain. It's all terrain rubber, but it's not you know big and chunky and 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 sexy looking. So um, Bilstein shocks. You get 18-inch tires, a, a skid plate. Uh, a rear locking differential, which is electronic. You can turn it on and off. There's a button inside the cabin. And there's hill descent control. So what I've just described kind of matches every basic off-road package you could already get with any pickup. Okay. So, yeah. What distinct, what separates this thing apart? Nothing. Nothing. Okay. It's just... <laughs> Other than is, just it being a Nissan. It's, yeah. This is just the... You know, this is their Z71. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I feel like... If you're Nissan and you're the Titan, you need to be exciting and interesting and different if you want to attract people into the showroom. Mm-hmm. Because no one's and buying this truck, Sammy. <laughs> I mean, I've seen, I've seen like, there's usually like one or two at the Nissan dealerships around me that they just prop out on, on the like in front of the dealership. And I don't think anybody goes in looking for a, for a Titan, right? You ever look at those trucks that are like up on? They have like a like a metal lattice. Yeah, and they're up like at an angle with like the nose sticking up in the air, like they're climbing, and they yeah. sit up there for like six, seven months. You know, all the oil and fluids drain out of the engine and um, the transmission to the back when you do mm-hmm. that, and you're basically dropping the fluid level to a point where you're going to have exposed metal inside the engine and drive line, and Love that's that. that's just terrible. Like, I would not want to buy that truck. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> Anyway, they were never meant to be stored like that is, is what I'm saying. And I'm not talking like just like a little bit of an angle like you would see on a hauler. I mean like this is like an extreme angle where it's like climbing 75 degrees or something. So I have I have some mixed feelings about this whole this whole Titan experience because I feel like when the Titan XD first came out, it was like, look, we're here with something that the, the competition does not offer. This big ass diesel um, and this like mid-tier truck um, – format and then everyone got over that kind of quickly and they didn't stick to it i think which i don't know what they could have done to stick to it because these like quarter ton trucks can can, half ton trucks can kill it now like they they can be so capable the big problem with the xd was it was a gross vehicle weight rating problem so the chassis could only could only it had a certain weight rating the diesel engine was extremely heavy and a lot of the suspension components they added to this like Kind and the of, brakes. Yeah. Big, the, huge, ginormous brakes. So it's like a Frankenstein platform, and a lot of that weight ate into what you could tow or haul because it's mm-hmm. a it's a zero-sum game. Like, you add here, you're going to have to subtract from there. And you ended up with a semi-heavy-duty truck that couldn't match heavy-duty trucks for towing and was barely better or equivalent to a half-ton. So why are you buying it? I also I did hear that these vehicles did feel uh, pretty confident when, when towing or hauling, but... I don't know if that's enough to to make up for the, what what they're offering. So, anyways, with the refresh, I think they got rid of these XDs, right? I don't know for sure. I haven't been yeah. able to. I I haven't been able to confirm that. I the Nissan website is a little weird in terms of figuring out what you can order right now. So yeah. I just stuck to the regular Titan. Um, then in in that case, that's what I'm trying to talk about. Is that there's like, there's like there's like nothing. There's really nothing going for them. In the segment, uh, in any form of, of truck, you would only buy that because you wanted a Tundra and 
they didn't, they didn't they haven't updated the tundra in a while like i don't know i don't, I don't know and it's it's fifty thousand dollars in pro 4x trim which is you know i guess in the ballpark of where you would expect a fairly well ex, a fairly well um equipped truck to exist but again mm-hmm. it's not a bargain it's not like the kind no. of thing where you're like i'll get a nissan pro 4x because it's a little cheaper than an fx4 ford you know like no one is saying that so I don't get how they're going to be drawing in new buyers. Uh, I it it drives fine. It's comfortable. I had. What does uh, that mean though? Like, is this is this a fine truck on the road? Is this yeah. just a fine truck for trucking things? Is I it- mean, I hauled some stuff. I had. I, we're moving an apartment right now, and I had to move a bunch of boxes. And I, I didn't like the short bed, but I mean, what can you do with with a crew yeah. pickup? Uh, but it was fine for that. It's easy to load relatively. Um, but it's just, it's nothing special, you know, like it's, it's, it's comfortable on the road it handles like a large truck. Uh, it didn't use a ton of gas during, during my time with it. But I mean, you know, that's, <laughs> I didn't really drive it long enough to make an accurate estimate of just how much of a guzzler it is. I know the EPA rating is not very, uh, generous to the Titan. I think it's very similar to the Tundra, but it's, <laughs> It, it it comes across as you know a placeholder truck. It's it's perfectly fine. Nothing really to recommend. The interior is okay looking. It's bland in some places. It's fine for a pickup. You know, it's just not the kind of truck that that moves the needle. And it's not the kind of truck that I think if you got even something like a Silverado, which I think is pretty plain these days. If you got out of a Silverado and into a Titan, you'd probably feel they were roughly equivalent. Which so. is interesting. I mean, okay, so we're looking at the Titan. It's got, it, first of all, this Pro 4X doesn't move the needle in terms of off-road equipment, despite it, you know, trying to, to promote it. Um, the engine, not so much all that special over some of the competition. Um, the the pricing does not feel like a bargain. The interior, uh, especially when you're not getting the Platinum or whatever it's called, Platinum Reserve models, doesn't seem like a, an improvement over any of the competition. Uh, exterior styling, it's okay. I think it's actually that's maybe it's it's best ask, it's best feature the um, the exterior. Sure, styling. mine had a mine had a a light bar thing that attached to the the bed. Not not the okay. bed itself, but you know the um, the cargo tie down things that slide. So it was connected there, and yes. it looked pretty good. I guess it was also finished in bright red, and that and that helped. Okay, but like that's it. That's the big. That's the big deal with this vehicle it's yeah. like it looks cooler like, maybe, maybe there it's are really cool looking trucks like, it looks better than a silverado i think okay not hard to do yeah not hard to do but again like looks better than a silverado but when i'm i wouldn't be like wow that's the truck for me you know like it, yeah. it doesn't make a strong impression you're just if looking I want at a good like, looking truck i get a ram like a ram is a fine looking truck and especially all the trim levels that you can get a, uh, with one right yeah it's again i i feel like it's a question of Nissan not really putting a ton of effort into recapturing the market. It's it's almost like disappointed. Well, it's weird too because you figure that the first Titan was out on the market for like 15 years or something with no change, and then we have a refresh three or four years, maybe even just three after this redesign, which indicates that Nissan is engaged and that they want to do something to keep people interested. But yet it doesn't really go far enough. It's like 
can you really sell a single spec pickup these days when, as you pointed out, all these other truck companies have so many different options and yet I can only get one engine in the Titan. I can get an off-road package, a luxury package, a mid-range and a work truck. So that's it. And they all have the same engine. And you know, I think if you look over at Ford, they might have more engines than the Titan has trim levels. Yeah. And that's kind of crazy. So it's hard to be competitive if you're not going to step up to that degree. And I think Toyota found that with the Tundra. They sell, I think, 100,000 Tundras a year, which is fine for them. And they're happy with that. But That's pretty good. I mean, it's surprising. It's it is, really, but really, if they're already occupying that role, if they're yeah. already the like, I mean, that's a that's like a single percentage point in the second. <laughs> and if that's if you're if you're going to be okay, we're going to be the one size fits all pickup, and then Titan comes along and they're like, we're also going to be the one size fits all pickup. I don't know if there's any of those customers left. Right, and I mean, if you look at a Tundra. First of all, if you try to buy a used Tundra, the resale value is insane. I can't get over Toyota truck resale value. What is going? What are they mill? Like, what are you? What are you buying? I'm losing it. I can't even. Every time I look at like uh, Auto Trader to find it, all of these used Toyota trucks, like a Tacoma or an nice, FJ or nice, a 4Runner. Uh, nice plug on Auto Trader there. It was very simply done. It is insane how expensive these things still are. Like, how can a 2006 FJ still cost nearly 20 grand? I, it blows my mind. Anyways, that aside, um, Toyota trucks seem to have this reputation that they're never going to break down. What is the reputation of a Nissan front uh, of a Nissan Titan? I don't think it really I has one. I think I it's a big. Yeah. I think it's a big unknown. I, I think most buyers. Big question mark. They don't have to spend that much money on a question mark. They don't have a picture in their head of what a Titan is. So Nissan has to educate them on that, and they don't have this store backstory of reliability that Toyota has, which has helped it kind of carve out a tiny, tiny toehold in the full-size pickup market and a massive toehold for mid-size buyers, right? Right. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's tough. And that all cycles back to what I was saying about you have to be better than your yeah. competition. You can't just meet them uh, halfway. And I think that the Titan is as good. And if it's as good, I don't think anyone's interested. I really hope they're taking lessons. Uh, they're taking notes because – the next big thing coming from Nissan in the truck segment is supposed to be a new frontier. And the frontier has existed mainly because it's the most affordable midsize or small pick, small pickup truck, right? It's very and close it, to that, yes. I think this year it might have gotten more expensive because they added that new engine, the V6 that was, you know, the, the engine debuted before the redesigned truck. But when they did that, they removed the four-cylinder option. Okay. Interesting. So I'm not sure. It's. I think it might be more expensive than like a four-cylinder Tacoma or four-cylinder GMC Canyon or something like that. I think it's very yeah, – I honestly think it's one of the most important things that we have to talk about is that the Frontier – I mean when, when the Colorado and new Tacoma came out, the Frontier sales went up because those other two vehicles, fresh as they were, were much more expensive and the Frontier was really affordable. And I think if you're looking for a small, a small truck that can do anything, the Frontier was the pick. But – like if they're not getting this, if they're not getting the le- the point here in this truck in this segment with the Titan, they're, I'm really worried about what they're going to do in the in the smaller truck segment. Well, I mean, I think that maybe Titan XD isn't long for this world if it isn't gone already. Uh, and you know, you would think that the midsize truck segment is more competitive, and they have a better chance of taking market share away from, say, GM or Ford because Ford just got back into it themselves. Right. So they don't have a ton of loyalty for for Ranger buyers. So yeah, if if the new Frontier is uh, a more interesting design than the Titan, they do have a shot. I, I think that 
people are willing to take a chance on different pickup trucks. Okay. Base. I don't think there's as much brand loyalty as everyone is. I know the reason – this is a very old anecdote, but the reason I think that Nissan built the original Titan is because they did a study to find out how viable the full-size truck market was. And they found that at like 40% of truck owners were willing to change brands at any time. Like there, there was forty percent. Yeah. That sounds wild. But there's already so many. Okay, there's three. Like honestly, the F one fifty, the Silverado, or the Sierra, and the Ram are are solid products. I would take the F one fifty or the Ram, and it, like, I it would be a, a coin flip, right? Like to me, I would probably lean towards the Ram. But if that if the, if I go to walk into a dealership and they're not giving me what I want, I'll just go to the Ford dealership and get what I do want, right? But I, I think often about my father who has owned countless F-150s and F-250s for work and for personal use. And then three years ago, he bought a Ram. And okay. now he owns an F-150 and a Ram and an F-250. And Ooh. like from a from a consumer loyalty he's starting standpoint. His own, he's starting his own renovation company. Well, from a, consu- from a, a buyer loyalty sta- standpoint, what does that mean? You know, this is someone who's consistently bought Ford for decades and was interested enough in the Ram to take a really great lease deal on it. And then when that lease ran out, he bought the truck. So it's I think pickup truck buyers are willing to take a chance on a different brand. And if they like it, I think they'll stick to it. And I think if Nissan is able to find a way to make the Titan as appealing as that Ram was to my dad and peel him away from his F-150, then they have a shot. I don't think it's I don't think this is a game whose outcome has already been decided. Okay. So you think there's a better there's a better chance in the in the small pickup truck, and I do think that with the Gladiator, and we've discussed the Gladiator in the past and how expensive it can be. The Frontier still has a chance to be like that kind of, you know, more affordable option. Sure, and I think the Gladiator is also a specialty buyer because you have to make so many sacrifices to 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 justify owning it. I want to talk about one more thing with Nissan trucks, and it's that they really try to throw everything against the wall, like. And see what sticks. Um, we saw this with the Titan in the diesel. Um, we're seeing this with um, with the current Titan and what they're doing with it and how they can they can generate some sort of interest here. The Frontier and the the international model, the Navara, uh, I think that's right, Navara. Um, they even had a Mercedes Benz badge um, badge swap. Whatever you like. Was the X class? Is that what X class? Which actually got discontinued due to poor sales. I mean, <laughs> To, I've, to been about, an X, I've been inside an yeah. X-Class, and it is an underwhelming experience, let me so tell you. I'm, I'm curious as to what was going on in both automakers' heads when they were like, yeah, this makes sense. The Navara cannot – like somebody somewhere was like the Navara can be a Mercedes. <laughs> and, and somebody else bought that. Like somebody was like, "Yeah, okay." You know, Sammy, somebody somewhere once said the Scion IQ can be an Aston Martin. <laughs> so yeah. you gotta you gotta always take these cross branded synergies with a grain of salt. Uh, I would imagine that. Well, I guess I, I guess that's true. So what I'm trying to say is that there was somewhere something that said that it could reach a certain bench, a certain level of, of sophistication. And maybe that can be coming with the frontier. And is that what this, is that what's needed in the pickup truck class is, is sophistication and, and comfort a thing, or does it need to be off-road and rugged or does it need to be affordable and, and uh, reliable? I think that's the most important thing for any uh, of these trucks. If you look at, 
where the truck market is now, companies are trying so hard to quote unquote out innovate each other with okay. all sorts of interior stuff and comforts and like folding shifters so you can make a table and a lot of gadgets and gizmos. I think it's because trucks are just so good. Like most cars are so good. It's hard to differentiate yourself. But um, the the Titan isn't even offering more than one engine. So like, as we mentioned before, it's got a long road to go before it starts also peeling away from an innovation standpoint on its competition. Is that an advantage? It's like single. It's almost like a single trim. Like if you get no. confused, no, it's it not. is not an advantage because it means you're, you're after one customer. I don't know. Sometimes you look at the buying, the buying up. Like there's a lot of options. There's a lot of trim levels. There's a lot of engines. There's a, a whole bunch of different packages. If I don't, if I want this engine with that um, rear end, it's sometimes really cost prohibitive. Like the single choice is going on at Nissan make it a little bit more approachable in some cases. Yeah, but if if the truck market is based on a Lego-like assembly of options and packages and equipment and you come in and you're not like that, then you have to convince everyone that there's a compelling reason to not be like that. And I don't think the Titan does that. I'm also curious about one more thing, and I think we'll wrap it up on the Titan, is that is there a ceiling on the pickup truck pricing bubble? Like there is some, there are some very expensive versions of F-150s and, and Silverados, right? I think and the, the economy is going to give you the answer. Okay. As they will price stuff to the point where people are willing to pay. And that's that's the ceiling, I think, on pickup trucks. But do you agree with me that there's some really, like, expensive version? Like a, a, yeah, there's, absurd pickups. there's absurd pickups. There's absurd. absurd pickups. You can buy six-figure pickup trucks these days. <laughs> if you want to buy, like, an F-450 uh, Platinum or Limited or whatever, I mean, be prepared to fork out crazy amounts of money. Yeah, but that's for a thing that can move, a tr- like, a house. Like, I'm talking about the the quarter-ton or the half-ton pickup truck market. Sure. I mean, they're expensive. I don't think that's a controversial statement. <laughs> right. Interesting. Anything else on your mind? No, not really. All right, cool. It's been a, been a slow week for car news, I think. Uh, I've got some pretty cool cars coming up next week, though, Ben. Really? What do you, I'll tell you mine if you tell me yours. No, you go first because you're so okay. excited. I've got the um, I've got two two trucks uh, or two crossovers to talk about. I've got the um, Toyota Rav Four Prime as well, which is a PHEV version of the Rav Four. And I've also got the new Land Rover Defender to talk about. So that'll be exciting to talk about next week. What about you, Ben? I have the BMW 2 Series Grand Coupe, which is not that exciting, Sammy. Oh, it depends what trim level you got. Uh, whatever, the M228, I guess? Is that a thing? No, that would not be an M model. The M235. Okay, M235. Well, mine has... Uh, you know what? I, I'm going to have to double check and <laughs> make sure which one I have scheduled. But a 2 but, Series. Uh, yeah, it's a 2 Series. Okay, cool. So, if uh, dear listener, if you want to get in touch with us, and first of all, you probably want to subscribe and make sure you hear the next week's episode. Uh, it's very easy to do that. You go onto your favorite podcast client, or even you know we're on some music clients like Spotify. Um, search for us; it's Unnamed Automotive Podcast. Uh, you punch that in, you hit the subscribe button, and uh, you'll be notified as soon as our next episode comes out. Furthermore, you can go to our website, unnamedautomotivepodcast.com. That's really easy. You go over there, and there's a bunch of buttons for you to subscribe to our podcast um, very easily. It works just like that. I don't know what magic there is on the website, Ben, but uh, it it works. It's great. Additionally, while you're at the website, you can see all of our previous episodes. You can also see photos and links to some of the stories that we've written about these vehicles. 
And you can also uh, get in touch with us really easily. There's a contact form there. You fill that out, and it lands in our inbox. Furthermore, if you want to do things a little bit more personally, you don't want to go to a website, you want to address things specifically to us. But not too personal. Okay. You can email us really easily. It's benjamin at benjaminhunting.com. Or you can reach out to us on social media. Ben is on the wonderful filtered world of Instagram. You can find him at huntingbenjamin. And you can find me on Twitter at Sammy underscore on Hot Twitter with all with all the filth Sammy and the filthy Twitter folks. <laughs> so thank you for listening, and I can't wait to talk to you next week, Ben. What do you say? Sure thing. Bye. <laughs>